Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. How do you feel about taking annual leave to go to weddings? Now, I should say, I think it's a real, it's it's really nice to be asked to a wedding. Um, and I very much take the view, if you don't want to go, just go. But I will admit, extremely difficult to say to somebody, you're not going to go to their wedding. So I asked you to get in touch about this. What's your view on it? Do you mind using or taking annual leave, whatever way you view it, to go to a wedding? Fairly mixed response so far here on the text line today. This listener says, I had five weddings in August a couple of years ago. Now, five in one month is an awful lot. And this listener says, between the weddings and the stags, I ended up taking almost 10 annual leave days. It was nuts. Completely impacted the year. Like, that's two weeks holidays. Out of what, maybe four weeks annual leave? Is that typically? Yeah, usually about four weeks you get. Like, to take two weeks just for weddings and stags. It's an awful lot of time. This listener, though, says, sure, aren't you lucky to be invited? You should be honoured to have been on the list. And if it's too much stress just don't go. The couple will actually thank you for it and they won't tell you that in advance. Seemingly other listeners are suggesting as well. This texter says the annual eve solution, it's quite simple. Just call in sick for a wedding. I totally disagree with that. You can't do that. You can't pull out at the last minute and not tell somebody, the couple in advance, that you're not going to make the big day. 1800 453 106, that's the number. Elaine has got in touch. She says, I was asked to be a bridesmaid at a wedding, but it would have meant taking an entire week's annual leave, and that doesn't include the hen. So I turned down both the bridesmaid duty and the wedding in total. I could tell my friend I was really honoured, but I don't think she realised what an ask it was. I don't know, why would you need to take an entire week's annual leave. I assume that must have been a, a wedding abroad. Tina is with us on the line today. Tina, have you used much annual leave for weddings? Um, in, in the past, uh, yes, I have. But uh, luckily, I'm at the stage now where most of my friends are either dead or still happily married. So, you know, I'm, I'm the older age group. But certainly in the past, yes, a large chunk of annual leave was was taken up with going to weddings. But now um, I, my daughter has been to an amazing amount in the last two years because of COVID, all these weddings were held up. But and for, it's not only the amount of uh, leave you have to take from work. And if you're self-employed, of course, you're losing out on, you know, a day or two days in most cases. All these weddings are two to three days now. But so you're losing out on a couple of days, uh, you know, pay. Plus, you've got most of them seem to be uh, away. Nobody's happy to get married and stay to home. So you've got travel expenses. You've got uh, hotels. Plus, you, you know, the, the general seems to be uh, 200 for a single person or 400 as a gift for um, a couple. Well, I would think that, a, that I would think that a, that's a lot, Tina. That's, well, a, that's a very that, decent that present that you're given. Uh, well, no, I'll tell you what it is. Um, with the venues that these people are picking, they're very expensive venues. And of course, no, they've been living together for years. They've got everything they need for the house. So yes, they just like the cash. And of course, they're trying to offset uh, the wedding present against the cost of the uh, wedding uh, in a lot of cases. Now, but I know you some people... Give... You don't have to, though, as the guest. Like, if, if the bride and groom decide to get married in a, you know, fancy five-star resort, like, as the guest, you like, would you alter your present to match that? 
Well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But then I'm older, but a lot of young people feel pressurised into do doing yeah, it because yeah. okay, they're, all, yeah. they're all in, in a crowd and what are you giving and what? And they don't want to appear to be stingy. So, of course, they're coughing up a large amount of money. I mean, I know a, a couple who got married now 10 years ago, but the wedding didn't last, but they had such an amazing wedding that he's remarried, but he's still paying off first wedding, which to me is ludicrous. Wow. So he's still paying, wow. off, paying, paying off the first one, yeah. No, I, I, I there's like, <laughs> yeah. there is a huge, huge cost associated with going to a wedding and the accommodation is a big factor and the present and if you're going to head down the road of getting a new outfit and like that's why I end up, you know, re- recycling all the time. Um, Try and keep it to maybe one outfit a year to get through a load of the weddings and, and recycle from previous years. But, but like if you were to actually tot up the total cost of going to a wedding, like it, it is big money. Oh, it's huge money because a lot of these, I mean, okay, if you're lucky enough to book early and get a and b somewhere near the venue, well, it's not so bad. But if you're stuck uh, in one of these, like uh, there was one in a castle in Scotland that was a million miles from civilization, but the price of the room for the night was, I think it was 500 a night, which was on top of your travel and your wedding present and your outfit and everything else. <clears throat> paying for babysitter, the price at the bar, you know, because those those very exclusive venues, you're not getting a pint for half nothing. You're, pay, you're paying through the nose for your gin and tonic or whatever. That's why you bring it I with mean, you, Tina. You, what? That's why you bring it with you. Yes, you, <laughs> yes, you do. You do. And Take if you're an lucky enough up to, to have room. a car with you, especially a station wagon, you sleep in the back. You bring a duvet with you and, and hope to bum a shower from one of the more wealthy people who've actually stayed in the venue <laughs> for the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, listen, Andrea, it's a horror show. And uh, I, I, I have never, I, I, it's terrible to admit, but I've never enjoyed weddings. Have I you didn't not really either? like my own. And um, not because I was disappointed with it. I just didn't really fancy getting married. And I was dead right at the end of the day. But, um, you know, it's just such an expense for two days. And, you know, my my mother, who was lovely, but she used to sit in the front window in our house in Kalini. And they'd be tooting going up the road to Kalini Castle Hotel, as it was in those days. And she'd lower the newspaper and look out the window and she'd say, Poor dear, it's only a housekeeping job, and how right she was. <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's changed since then. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, well, it has. It's changed a bit since then, but it's still, you know, for the for the day that's in it and the excitement that's in it. Once it's all over, you know, you've got to work hard mm. to keep it to keep the magic going. This texter here says, I've two foreign weddings this year and as a result, I can't afford to go on my own holiday uh, with my partner. It's one thing taking annual leave for a midweek wedding, but foreign weddings absolutely grind my gears. Shame, though. I'm the best man for one and I'm groomsman for another, says this texter. Um, I have a wedding abroad this year and I'm actually delighted about it because I'm going to turn it in to basically my my holiday. But like, if, if it was a midweek abroad wedding then obviously, yes, you have to take more annually for it. Kate is with us on the line. Kate's from the Vanilla Boutique in Cork. You got married abroad, Kate. Did people give out about having to take much annually for your wedding? Um, hiya, how are you? Good. I, we went to um, Portugal 
and we chose it because there's so many flights out of Cork at the time. So, like, you could take as much or as little as you wanted. There was a flight every day, you know, that was taken into account when we picked the destination. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I had friends who came on the Saturday morning and went home on the Sunday because they could. Um, We actually did a TV show. So we had a wedding planned for us in Ireland and we had a wedding planned for us abroad and then we had to pick which one. So throughout that process, we had a lot of negotiating between family members and friends. And then because of the nature of the show, then when we did decide to go abroad, there was a six week window for people to go. So that was a bit scary. But in the end, we had, I think, maybe 56 people came. Um, and like a lot of people couldn't come and that was fine I was totally mm. okay with that because it was last minute and it is expensive so this was kind of a um, wedding it was a wedding television show that, that you took part in so there was a short yeah. window turnaround but 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 you actually exactly. kept that in mind you wanted the wedding abroad or, the, or when you were having the destination wedding you kept in mind where it was on the basis of flights I did. yeah, yeah okay, I said, that's I interesting. said it has to be has to be a flight from Cork or from Cork it has to be a flight from Cork because uh, just to make life easier for people, and knowing that Faro, there was, I don't know what, it, I don't think it's the same since COVID, but at the time there was a flight every day out of Cork to Faro. You know, so that did make things easier. For yeah, people. absolutely. Tanya's with us too, um, Kate, as well. Tanya, when you were planning your wedding, did you take hmm. the annual leave or destination into account? Um, I, I, yeah, I did have to because, I mean, I was working in an English language school at the time and so a lot of my very close friends were actually colleagues of mine and the thing in the teaching profession is yeah. you can't sort of take annually. No, the it's difficult for teachers for sure, yeah. Well, exactly, whether they're language teachers or secondary teachers or primary or whatever, um, I think it's the same in any teaching job because obviously the school has to organise um, cover and somebody's teach your class and that's not always easy to come by. So it did mean that I had to think very carefully about how many of my friends in the job I would be able to invite. I ended up inviting four teachers and that was the maximum that could be off an annual leave on any given day. Um, So then I just had to invite the other friends to the afters. So I had to basically choose the four people that I would have been closest to. Yeah, great. So I think it very much depends on the profession, you know. So even now, I'm I'm a writer, so the work that I do is freelance. I also teach creative writing classes. So again, if somebody were to invite me to a wedding on, say, a Wednesday or a Thursday, I would have to decline because I'm the person who's facilitating the course. You know, so it does very much depend on your profession, whether you're in a position to take annual leave. Dan has got in touch and he says the best wedding I was at, the church and hotel were next door to each other. I can never understand people getting married, for instance, in Cork and then afterwards having the reception in the likes of Donegal. All for bragging rights, really, on Facebook, says Dan. <laughs> you you do see that an awful lot, though, don't you, Kate, where people, there there's there's a long travel period time between the, yeah. the actual the church part or whatever yeah. and this and the ceremony yeah like the I think one of the I mean with the abroad it, it's always all in the one place normally like people have already travelled quite a distance to get there so you'd have you well it's not in a church so we the ceremony and the reception in the same place um, so it does make for a better party really and you know more of a, a smooth movement on the day like 
But just to pick up on what the other girl was saying, I'm self-employed um, in the boutique here and um, I want to invite everybody to the wedding, you know, but who's going to run the business? So there's all these things you have mm. to take into account as yeah. well, you know. And I suppose um, you, you my can... My husband's a farmer as well, so um, it's hard to get him away from the farm. And like I always said, if, he, if we'd stayed at home, he would be checking the cows in the morning, you know. There's no getting a farmer away from work, like, yeah. unless you take them out of the country, like, and honestly, that was a big factor, because, right. you know, it's very hard for them to get away yeah. as well, you know. Uh, Mary has texted in and says, instead of putting people, putting pressure on people to get married, they should just go away and get married and save the money um, that they would save on a mortgage. Most people don't really want to go to weddings anyway, to be honest, suggests Mary. There's actually a lot of texts coming in like that. Like, for instance, there's another Kate here who says, we got married abroad, we invited nobody. Bliss for us and for our families. And pals, says Kate. Uh, Helen says, a relative relative of mine always says he'd rather get a summons than a, a wedding invite. Um, this texture says, we tried to plan a wedding abroad. There was too much trying to please people um, and too much expense. So we headed off to Sydney on our own and got married. So much nicer and less stress as this listener. Uh, this texture says, we got married at a beach restaurant in Cape Town. Nine courses of seafood cooked in open fires. 80 people for 2200 Super cheap, except for the guests' travel costs. There was an all-night party. Best wedding ever, if I can say so myself. Um, my wife also bought her wedding dress from a charity shop and gave it back afterwards. Double donation, says this listener. You see, it, 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 like this was the reality, Kate, of all of this too. It, it does seem to be um, more cost-effective getting married abroad. Well, we chose abroad. In, like There was a lot of reasons. We should take a lot of factors into account. But abroad, we could offer a free bar to all our guests. We could never do that here. Do you know, you just couldn't afford it. Yeah. So that's a kind of a, there's a novelty in that. Yeah. And like I will say, you know, to be away with your family, with all your friends from home, your friends from college, your work colleagues, it's quite magnificent. Like you just look around and you go, everybody I love is on holidays together. You know, it's just, a, it's quite special. Like, and when... When my, I went, my dad came home and he woke up and he said, is that a green? You know, it really <laughs> is. Lovely. Yeah, well, that can if, happen and you go, if I can give that to my parents. You're certainly. So I knew I was putting people out and, you're, and that's uncomfortable. You're selling them, but, the, the destination wedding uh, for sure, Kate. A lot of listeners um, getting in touch. Sounds absolutely fantastic. That listener's wedding destination. Didn't realise there were so many flights to Faroe, says this texter. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.